I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey friends, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 83, How to Be Yourself by Cultivating Friendships. This is part three of the How to Be Yourself book by Ellen Hendrickson. And I'm really excited about this topic because it's been really practical and helpful just even in the last few weeks with one of my kids. And as I've been thinking about friendships and over the past two years, how hard it's been to just kind of be isolated, that um, sometimes it's hard to like, how do I reach out again? How do I um, cultivate these friendships? And the last chapter of Ellen Hendrickson's book is just kind of giving you a little process of how to do it. Because I just think there are so many times in our lives, whether we move to a new city, we're in like a new situation. I know when I had like my first baby and was home and trying to make new friends, it was kind of a different situation. Or I don't know, just like there are all these different situations, whether you're off at college. I know I remember, you know, thinking that first month was the longest month as I tried to figure out how to make friends. And I know like with um, my son who's in college and it just takes a bit. And sometimes that's hard to just be lonely, like lonely just can feel really hard. (laughs) So I am here to maybe, I don't know if it will speed up the process, but to give you hope that there is more of a process instead of this belief that this quote she says in the book, friendship is a process, not a ready-made discovery. And she just talks about sometimes we have this belief that somehow we'll connect with some someone and it'll just be really fast. And she says, oddly, to make a friend, you don't need the quote unquote right person. Instead, the person becomes right over time. I mean, I even remember just this one particular summer after I had my second child, my daughter Izzy, that I was just really, first of all, I had a really long winter. She was born in October. It was just long and gray and I just had probably felt really lonely. Went through probably a little bit of depression, I think, as I'm looking back. (laughs) And I just remember praying for friends and doing a variety of things to try to cultivate friends 
because as I've been noticing, I feel like Heavenly Father will make you more aware of people that are already in your life that you just need to like see them as a friend. I feel like there's always people being prepared to be your friend if you will just let them. Okay, so to begin in the chapter, one thing that she got from a lot of her clients was like, how do I make friends? And if you Google questions like how to make friends, a lot of them are like join a book club or volunteer or yeah, join a running group or, you know, something that you have in common. And that's kind of where you can build friends. But even after that, a lot of her clients were like, okay, but I've done that and I still don't have friends. I feel like there's something else in there. So I just love that she gives a little bit of a process of how you go through that. And it's probably really obvious to many people, but I just, I'll be spelling that out. So you do need to have a place where you're going to see people regularly. So the first step in making friends is repetition. Where are you going regularly? Which is why the suggestion, if you Google like how to make friends, is to volunteer or join a book club or a group that you, you know, of something that you enjoy, there you're going to have some repetition. So that's kind of where you need to start. She says it's less about what or where than about how often and whom. And she mentions a study done at MIT, and I think it was just after... I want to say World War II. I could be getting this wrong. So, but that they built, they had to put up housing right away because of the GI Bill and all these people were going to school. And so they just built this housing kind of, she said it was like almost like a, a motel where the doors were on the outside. And so it was very just like communal. You know, there was just a lot of people and when they asked like who were people's friends, it was mostly the people that were their neighbors or mostly near them that they took the time to get to know. So I know when I was praying for a friend that particular summer, just after Izzy was born, I was going to my favorite pool and It was this new discovery. The kids loved going there. It was just this fun place, but I would go there and I didn't really have a lot of friends at the pool. So I'm happy taking my kids. And then when I go there, there were these like, it's funny because I know them now, but I just remember seeing these cool group of moms with their kids and they would all hang out sitting together and the kids would all play and they would just chat. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, that looks so fun. That's something I want. And just kind of praying for something like that. And I remember just throughout the summer, a few weeks in meeting this other mom. And I noticed she was there quite a bit and we had the same age kids. She had two girls and I had a boy and a girl. And 
she would come almost every day and I would come almost every day. And so we just started like sitting by each other, chatting, and our kids would kind of play a little bit together. And it was just like so nice to have someone to look forward to, you know, like someone you can sit by in the lunchroom. Well, for me, it was someone I could sit by at the pool and that you could look forward to and just chat with. It's like such a simple thing. So recognize where you are going regularly to kind of maybe then you can determine, hey, I see this person who may be in a similar situation and I'm going to start reaching out a little bit more. And one of my daughters said to me a few weeks ago how she didn't like going to just a particular thing because she just felt like she didn't have a buddy there. And she'd been saying this on and off for the past year. And so I was just like, well, do you want to reach out? So after I read this chapter of this book last week, I just sort of had this aha moment with my daughter. And I was like, you know what? I bet she feels a little bit overwhelmed because when you walk into a situation and you feel like everybody has a buddy, you don't know really how to get in there and start. So I kind of went through this little process with her and I said, well, okay, who is nice to you when you go and who do you think you'd want to get to know better? And I want you to think about those people. Do you have in mind maybe two or three people? And she told me that she did. And so the next part after you decide like here's somewhere I go regularly and there's certain people that I see regularly or even like your neighbor, the next step is disclosure. So how you take it to the next level is simply sharing what we think, do, and feel with others. Now, it was cool in the book. They talked about this study that um, was done in the early 90s by Arthur and Elaine Aaron. They're psychologists, and they did this in this class trying to figure out how you develop a feeling of closeness with somebody. And so to speed up the process, they developed these 36 questions and they paired up people in their class. There were like three different levels of questions. So like the first section is just more like surface level sharing. And then the second level went deeper. And then the third level was like hopes and dreams or kind of interesting questions. So what they found was interesting is that as you're both willing to share, and I think that's the key part, is it's not just a one-sided thing. Each of these partners were sharing that it did develop a closeness. And there was actually a couple in that class who ended up getting married because of these questions. So then I guess for some reason this was discovered Let's see, it was in 2015. This woman in the New York Times wrote an article. Her name is Mandy Lynn Catron, or Catron. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But so she wrote this story um, about these 36 questions. And she kind of did a little experiment. 
Um, the title of the article was like, to fall in love with anyone, do this. And then there's a podcast, which I will link to in my show notes on my website, um, where she talks about her whole process. And in 2015, she wrote the article and shared what she did. But I want to point out that the key with this and with the previous original study when I was reading that, because I found that original study too, is they they put the pairs together um, with an initial survey, making sure that they would actually get along or like each other. It wasn't just random. It was like, these people will actually like each other. And so with this woman, she was feeling kind of burnt out about a relationship and she just felt like she was doing it all wrong. And so she's like, I was just decided I'd turn to science and she found this study and these questions and she decided, well, why don't I just give it a try? She had this other friend who was willing to try it as well. He's like, well, what can we lose, you know? Anyway, so they spent the whole evening going back and forth sharing these questions and some of them get quite personal. I'll read a couple of the questions kind of in each like level. So set one, would you like to be famous in what way or for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Um, so they're still kind of deep, but um, the next set, there's a couple like, what is your most treasured memory? What do you value most in friendship? And then one of the key things that they mentioned in the study when you read through it is that it's helpful as you share what you like about the person you're with. So um, one of it, alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. So then set three goes kind of really deep. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life or when did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? Your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save one item. What would it be and why? And even there's like a question about how was your relationship with your mom? So there's just a lot of questions that sometimes you don't even think about asking. And I'm not saying you should, everyone should like make friends by doing the 36 questions. But I think what is important to realize is as you're willing to disclose and someone else is as well, that's when you start to begin to feel more of a closeness and develop a relationship. So Ellen said in her book, specific questions aren't magical. Instead, according to the researchers, it's the act of sustained, escalating, reciprocal, and personalistic disclosure that sparks liking the other person and indeed sparks them to like us. The 36 questions lead to closeness through disclosure in fast forward. So it was interesting. In the New York Times article by Mandy Catron, she does end up getting married to this guy when she does this experiment. And so it goes viral and she ends up like 
having the Today Show call her because they're like, oh my gosh, can you really connect with anybody? But I think the key to this whole thing is that first that you like them initially and you're willing to be vulnerable and share things. And so it was really cute when I asked my daughter, I said, okay, now that you've thought of a few people that you want to get to know or that you think are nice and friendly and that you could, you know, work on getting to know them better, I want you to try to share something a little personal that seems like pretty safe if that makes sense. So if someone asks you about the weather or maybe go into it instead of saying, oh, you know, yeah, isn't isn't the snow hard or like, or winter, or whatever, you could mention something, oh yeah, I love this type of weather because of this and this and this. And that reminds me, if we go back to the book I read um, by Christian Bush, Serendipity Mindset, he talks about, you know, when people ask you questions, be willing to disclose a little bit more. And maybe not, it's it's not super personal. You could just say, oh, I had this memory of when I was little, I loved doing this in the snow or, you know, so it's not like super, super deep and people are going to be disturbed if you share it like TMI, but more just like you're just giving them a little glimpse into who you are. And that is what you slowly try to do with people you want to take it to the next level. And maybe that just seems obvious, but sometimes you feel stuck at a certain situation with friends, you know, like I see this person every day when I drop my daughter off at dance and I'm just sitting there waiting for him. Maybe I should start up a conversation. I know I made, I've made a really good friend because of my daughters, like they were in swimming together and they did preschool together and we just like connected and we're willing to chat and share. And part of that is, you know, I liked her. I thought she was really funny and we were willing to like share. There are times where I'm like, oh, I wish I was in your life a little bit more repeatedly, you know, that repetition. But every time I see her now and we try to make a little more effort, it's just such a fun thing. And so that willingness to disclose, but beginning in a small way. And I've tried to do that in my gospel doctrine class on Sundays when we do Sunday school, which is like the first and third Sunday. And at the beginning, I'll just ask a really fun question to get to know people. So for instance, my last lesson, the lesson was about like the contrast between law and Abraham. And so while I was wanting to talk about, sometimes it's hard to leave some of these worldly things behind. Like it was hard for Lot to leave the city of Sodom. And so I was like, let's just ask a favorite item that everybody has, not like a favorite person or just, and so it was just fun to get to know a few favorite things that people have. And just taking little times before I've asked like a favorite fruit or a favorite food they have at Christmas time, little things, and we're slowly getting to know each other because 
as we do that, we're also willing to disclose a little bit more personal information to make the class a little more meaningful. And, you know, it's like we're building this bigger friendship within the class. So if you have a situation where you're kind of feeling like, okay, I am volunteering regularly and I see the same person and I think I want to just get to know them better. So how do I do that? And just simply be curious, curious about them and see if they, if there's this give and take and see where that goes. So one warning Again, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but a couple of things to make sure what Ellen says is that that sharing should have a give and take and don't try to disclose too much at one time. Ellen says the goal of a conversation is intimacy. It comes from the Latin meaning inmost and sharing what is inmost, what you think, do and feel with others. Don't overthink it. Lower the bar, she says. When you're first getting started, expect some false starts. We all get a little weird. We all get a little weird and desperate when we're lonely. Don't base success on the other person's response. Don't base success on how nervous you feel. Base success only on what you do. And then I love this next quote. A lame conversation doesn't mean that you are lame. (laughs) Isn't that great? And the one thing that I think is desirable or why the 36 questions to, you know, fall in love or it's like having a little framework. And last week we talked about how that is helpful when you're feeling overwhelmed and not sure how to approach a social situation to kind of put yourself in a role or give yourself some scaffolding so you can start feeling comfortable. And so when you have a list of questions, that is going to help you kind of feel comfortable. And if someone's willing to just answer different questions, then that makes it even more fun. So I even thought that maybe I should have a list of questions that I kind of find online. I was looking, there's a bunch of them, but just a list of questions that I have like in the car or during dinner that I get out and just ask my kids. So we like spark these conversations because sometimes you just don't think of, you know, how's your day? Tell me about, lately I've been like, tell me about the most normal thing that happened today. And they're like, what? Because sometimes I'm like, what's the best thing that happened? And they're like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, what is the most normal like thing that happens every day? And they'll tell me about that. And so I think we can also use this with our kids, having some questions that we don't think about asking them regularly, conversation starters. Um, Sometimes I would do this with my kids, you know, or sometimes they would do this, the would you rather game. But I think sometimes you can, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? And and sometimes those come up naturally, but I think it's fun. And I'm going to start doing this is having this list of questions. Maybe I'll tear them up and put them in a jar and we'll just start pulling him out because it just makes it like gives us a structure and gives you a way to just chat back and forth to get that conversation going and the disclosure going back and forth. Okay, so we've had repetition. You're regularly seeing this person 
and you've decided to become closer friends, so you're slowly disclosing and you're each willing to share, that makes it really, really important. And the next step, she says, which is really a good one, is show someone that you like them. So when you see them, be excited to see them. I think the key word here is show someone that you like them. Don't just tell them. Say hi first or, you know, just like when they come into the room, greet them, ask how their day was, just so they know that there's someone there that like is excited to see them. And then after, you know, you've established this willingness to disclose in your regular situation, so you've had repetition, you're disclosing back and forth, show them that you like them. Um, She says that is then where you kind of take it to the next level and like invite them to lunch or to go to a book reading or um, on a hike. That's another way you're going to show them you like them by being like, hey, let's take this somewhere else. Let's meet up for drinks somewhere or meet up and go out to lunch? Or do you have time to um, meet up for a walk? Obviously, there's a lot of different ways. Or would you and your husband want to go on a double date with me and my husband? Um, I know, like, I've just been noticing my daughter again. I mentioned, you know, okay, so maybe our next step after you're willing to share a little bit, and we were going over all these steps last week. Would you be willing to, like, then invite them over or do something like that. And she just was so willing that um, she said to me on Friday, hey, if I invite so-and-so over, would that be okay? I was like, yeah, just check it with their mom. And, And so I can see how she's really trying to make that effort. So you show you like someone first in the regular situation, you're, you know, saying hi, Um, in the book, she talks about the particular woman who would just make the rounds at work and just say hi to everybody to show them that she actually likes them. What was also really cool is kind of right near the end of this, she talked about this popularity study done with middle schoolers. And in the study, there was all these little different factors like, do they tell the truth? Are they warm? Are they like confident and all this, there were a lot of like characteristics that they listed and then they listed like who would be the most popular. What I thought was kind of fascinating in this situation, here we have middle school and a lot of the middle schoolers were saying the things that were important were kindness, warmth, friendliness, So then they kind of were saying, well, here are the most popular people. And it wasn't actually the popular people. And they were like, well, actually, the popular people are mean. They're um, clicky. And like, no one wants to actually be their friend. (laughs) So there's this irony sometimes I think in school when you see people who are quote unquote popular and you think you want to strive for that, that's actually not the case. And I, I've told my kids a lot. I was like, you really want to have real friends and just be kind and 
warm towards other people. And so she says, competence and confidence aren't what other people are hoping for in a friend. Instead, they're hoping for warmth. So this Dr. David Maskovich, who um, Dr. Hendrickson mentions in her book about this study, says, so she's quoting Dr. Moscovich, if you try to be warm and friendly and curious, then everything else, the blemishes and foibles and awkward behaviors all of us have simply because we are human, become much less important to the other person because we're connecting with them. And then Ellen goes on, and that's what matters, connection, which is built on warmth and trust. So she says, so keep showing up, share what you think and feel and do, show others that you like them. And these are the building blocks of a beautiful friendship. I just thought that was so great. Just having this little formula, especially when you're just really lonely and you want to figure out how to make friends and taking that next step on kind of being willing to be vulnerable with somebody even in a small way, can slowly change kind of the level of friendship you have with someone. I love this quote as well. To sum it up, making friends consists mostly of overcoming inertia, both others and our own. Assuming someone is friendly to begin with, repetition, disclosure, and taking the initiative hammers out a solid friendship that will stand the test of time. Okay, so we have repetition, disclosure, taking that initiative, showing people you like them, taking it out of the regular situation and inviting them maybe in a different way, having them over. That's how you continue to build your friendship. And I think that's really helpful for all ages if they're struggling with friends. And so what I'm hoping to do, I haven't gotten it done yet. Um, If I don't have a link in the episode description, then I haven't finished it all up. But my goal is to have a little printout or a PDF that you can download with just some of this key information to give you guys, because I feel like there are a lot of people who want to make friends and who feel a little bit unsure of how to go about it. And well, first of all, reading this book is really helpful. But the whole goal at the end is that you're making friends and making connections. Because she says, which is really great, is that usually what we feel like has the most value in our life is usually our friendships and connections with the people in our lives. Like when we feel like we have a good life, it's usually not necessarily because we have all these things. It's because we feel like we're connected with people and we have friends and family. So I just think that's really interesting. So guys, I'll try to get that out. Um, um, If it's not done by the end of this week, I'll let you know on the next podcast what how to get it because I'm still also figuring out how to like make a PDF downloadable that you guys can get somehow. (laughs) Okay. So also subscribe to my fridge notes. I would love, there's a, there's a link in the podcast descriptions. I went through all my other podcasts that has that link and make sure that it was a, a good, um, valid link 
because some of them weren't. So if you've tried in the past, try again because the link is working. Okay, you guys, have an awesome week. Make some friends, reach out to other people, make some connections, and I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com, where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 